James chapter number 4 tonight, James chapter number 4, and we'll read together. Let's begin in verse number uh, 13. Verse number 13, our message is from verses 16 and 17. I want to show you a little context and then take our message tonight. James 4, beginning verse number 13, the Bible says, Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow... We will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And what a beautiful passage of Scripture. Verse number 13 gives us the picture and the idea and the notion of someone who's making their plans, big plans. They're making their plans to go to a place and stay there and buy and sell and get gain. All of those things in and of themselves are not bad. But the emphasis here is that this person is making plans for life without considering God. And that's a problem. You see, if we're going to have a life that is rich, we're going to have to consult our Creator for the direction of our lives. It's important that we do. In verse 14, It gives some reasoning why we should consider God and let God into our plans. The Bible says, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. You don't know what tomorrow holds. If you knew what would happen tomorrow, you'd plan things differently today. You know how that works. How many of you have ever thrown, you've had something, you've kept it and kept it and kept it and kept it and kept it. One of these days I'm going to need this and you keep it and you keep it and keep it. And one day you're aggravated at all the junk you've kept. And so what do you do? You get that thing and you throw it away. What do you need the next day? The thing you threw away. There you go. You, you know what we're talking about. If you knew what happened tomorrow, you would do things differently today. Well, that's a silly illustration for something very important for all of our lives. We can consult every day as we make our plans and live our lives with the very person who knows what tomorrow holds. What's amazing to me is we have such a great access and insight and treasure in being able to find and know the will of God, yet we neglect it. The Bible says you don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. And the Bible says your life It's like a vapor. It appears for a little time and vanisheth away. Life is short. We know that's true. And so the Bible says in verse 15, For that you ought to say, because of all this, you ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. We should live for the will of God. When was the last time you asked God to show you his will for your life? Some people think, oh, that's a young person's prayer. 
not true. If you're a hundred years old and you're not seeking the will of God for your life, you're missing out on the opportunity and the blessing and the privilege that God has given you. You see, in God's eyes, there's not a moment of your life that's more valuable than another. And the prime of life is any time in life when you're in the center of God's will. And if you're seeking God's will as an old person and doing God's will as an old person, God's using you eternal and he will. You're seeking God's will as a young person. God wants to use your life with eternal purpose and he will. For this, you ought to say, if God will. So we go to verse number 16. But now... Ye rejoice in your boasting. Now, James just puts the hammer right on the problem. He says, the way this is going for the Christian people I'm seeing is they're doing things their own way. And you're making your plans. And you're living your lives. And you've left God out. And it's gotten to such a point where you are rejoicing in your boastings. you got a plan and you're proud to tell everybody about it. I remember in middle school, I had it all figured out. <laughs> Man, I wish I was as smart now as I was when I was in middle school, don't you? I had it all figured out. I was going to go to Virginia Tech. That was a bad choice. I mean, right out of the gate. I want to be a vet. That's it. And I remember in seventh grade, man, I could tell somebody and I could wax eloquent about my plans. Hmm. It's funny, ain't it? Just ain't so. And the Bible says we rejoice in our boastings. I remember, now this one's fun. I was just about to graduate from Bible college. Ruth and I were about to get married. And, of course, everybody and their brother asked, what are you going to do when you get out of college? I was already working at Temple Baptist. And I said, I don't know. I guess I'll work around here for a little bit longer. Uh, and I, you know what I said? I'd say, I probably said it a hundred times. You know, I'll do anything but work with teenagers. I'll do anything but work with teenagers. And I know I said it a hundred times to everybody that asked me. I'll do anything but work with teenagers. Two weeks after Ruth and I got married... I became the youth director of the Temple Baptist Church and had 300-plus teenagers. Yeah. The Lord laughs at our plans. But you know what we're bad to do? We're bad to boast about them, right? We rejoice in our boastings, and we've got our lives figured out. And you know what's sad? A lot of the times people succeed at the plans that they've made in their lives that they've left God out. And the greatest failure in life is to succeed at something that's outside of the, God, outside of the will of God. The Bible says, look, now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Folks, it is not good, it is wrong to make your plans and leave God out. And then we come to the last verse. It's where our message is tonight, really. I love this verse. The Bible says, therefore, in light of everything we've just talked about, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Pretty plain, isn't it? 
to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Tonight's message is simply titled this, Do Good. Do good. Do the right thing. I really feel like a broken record in so many times, in so many ways. There's lots of things I know that I repeat. It's not because I'm not aware that I repeat them. It's just because I find them repeated over and over again in God's Word. And do the right thing is something that I see come up over and over and over again in God's Word. Just simply obey God. Just simply do what is right as opposed to what is wrong. Just simply say yes to God and no to sin. Do good, do right, just do what's right. Oh, how many times in counseling I tell people, just do what's right. Now, I'll just tell you, we're not going to succeed 100% of the time at doing what's right, and all God's people said amen or oh me, whichever one. But our goal should be to do what's right. Do good. Let's consider just three things from this verse. Do good. Number one, it's good to include God in all of your plans. It's good to include God in all of your plans. Verse number 17 begins with this famous word, therefore. We talk about it often, I know, but it's, has, it's there for a reason. And anytime you see the word therefore, you need to find out what it's there for. And you need to look behind it and around it and see what it's referring to. We just went through the context. And the context of the scripture is you need to know and do the will of God. You need to put God and include God in all of your plans. And the Bible says, therefore, it's good to include God in all of your plans we probably need to change the way we speak. We know the habit that uh, a lot of Christian people, especially Christian people in the South, have of saying, Lord willing, we'll be there. That's good. It's a good thing to include God in your plans. But maybe we should include God in our plans and change the way we talk and the way we say things in light of how we talk to children about what they're going to do with their lives. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with asking some child, what are you going to do when you grow up? Or what do you want to do when you grow up? But really, the plan of a person and the want of a person is not as important as the will of God for that person. And so maybe the better thing to ask young people is, what do you believe God wants you to do with your life? And maybe the better thing for us to ask ourselves is, what do you think God wants me to do with my life? Lord, what would you have me do? Lord, how can I serve you? You see, it is good to seek and know the will of God. Every move we make in our lives should be bathed in prayer and given to God. Why do we pray? We pray and prayer is an act of turning over control to God and asking for God's direction and asking for God's help. We should just include God in our plans. Our culture doesn't uh, think that that's relevant. Our culture wants us to look to see what will make us happy and then our culture tells us what will make us happy. But the things that the world says will make you happy do not make God's creation ultimately happy. 
So let's seek God's will. It's a good thing. It's good to include God in all of your plans. Don't forget it. It's good to include God in all your plans. Guess what? If you include God in your plans, it will keep you from going to a lot of places. That will cause you trouble. If you keep God in all of your plans, it will cause you to go to places that will help you. I'm confident it's God's will for his people to attend the meetings of the local church and to be an active part in a living, Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. Hey, look, it's good to include God in all of your plans. God, God's will will keep you away from places you shouldn't be. God's will will keep you in places that you should be. God's will will keep you from watching things you shouldn't, experiencing things you shouldn't, and it will drive you to do things that you should. It's good to include God in all your plans. Therefore, verse number 17, look at it with me now. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not to him and his sin. I want you to look at the word knoweth with me for just a moment. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good. The second thing I want to bring to your attention tonight is this. It's good to learn what God says is good. It's good to learn what God says is good. Knoweth. Isn't it good to know God and his word? Oh, I'm so thankful that we get to know God and His Word. I'm so thankful that God has made it possible that we can know His will, that we can know the way He thinks, that we know we can know what is important to Him. I'm so thankful that God has made it clear that we can know what is sin and what is wrong, and we can know what is good and esteemed by God. We find that in His Word. Oh, it's good. If we were just to take a minute and look back through this one chapter, James chapter 4, which is loaded, there are so many things that we could learn to stay away from worldliness, to stay in prayerfulness, to draw nigh to God, to resist the devil, to speak not evil one of another to your brethren. We can learn so many things. We can learn that it's good to include God in all your plans. It's a good thing to know God. It's a good thing to learn what God says is good. Now, this is so elementary, I know. But we have departed from this so much. If God says it's good and the law says it's okay, then it's probably fine. But if the law says it's okay and God says it's wrong, just because it's legal doesn't make it right, right? Aren't you glad that the legal code of the United States of Virginia is not our moral authority? It's not. And we should not get sucked in to believing that just because the law says it's good, that it is. I'll go a little further. Aren't you glad that the moral code for society is not dictated by Hollywood. Hmm. I'm going to tell you, as far as I can tell, Hollywood 
is ruled and reigned and operated by the devil himself. I'm blown away. I try not to watch things that are bad or against God, but you can't even watch a commercial during a football or basketball game now without the media and Hollywood trying to force down your throat that things that God calls an abomination is good and right and pure and sweet and beautiful and bleh. That's my favorite Greek word for the week. Bleh. Now listen, if you let culture, if you let culture and media and Hollywood and dictate what's righteous and good, you are going to fall headlong into sin and ruin your life because you are going opposite of your creator. That's why it's so important that from the pulpit of this church, consistently and persistently, with a Christ-like loving spirit, God's word is explained, taught, applied, preached. Because our moral authority can be found nowhere but in God and his word. Nothing else. Nothing else. You see, it's good to learn what God says is good. You know what? You should seek to know the will of God because it's good to include God in your plans. But you should also seek to know God through his word. Every person on the sound of my voice should make it their priority to know and study and learn God's word. Immediately, you come up with, an excuse, perhaps, I'm too busy, I don't read well, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever excuse just popped into your head. Now, look, you dismiss that. Because I'll tell you, there's all kinds of ways that we can help you learn more about Jesus. Preaching his word. This is an era. The bad of media and technology is real and rampant. But I'll tell you, there's a lot of good, too. It's amazing to me all the godly content that we have the opportunity to expose ourselves to through the Internet. That's wonderful. There's people watching this message right this moment all over the world, and I think that's awesome. It's great. Praise the Lord. And it'll be set up in a format where folks can hear it from, for years to come. They're interested in preaching of God's word. And you and I have an opportunity. We should seek to know God's word. It's good to learn what God says is good. If God says it's good, good. If God says it's bad, it's bad. You know what we're to do? Do good. The Bible says, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. All right, thirdly, it's good to take personal responsibility to do good. Now, the Bible says to do good. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Now, there are sins of Commission. You've heard this before, most likely. There are sins of commission, sins that we do. Sins that we do, and we could come up with a list and poll the audience and come up with all kinds of things. Sins that we do. 
Now, there's a lot of people who are really making a strong emphasis on the sins that, they, that are done, and they say, I don't do that. I don't go there. I don't say that. I don't look at that. I don't do 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 that. But the Bible's not including, or excluding, I should say, in this verse, uh, or zeroing in on just the things that we do. The Bible says there are things that we know to do and should do, but we don't do, and the things we should do and know we should do that are right, and we don't do, when we don't do that, that's sin. There are sins of commission that you do, and sins of omission, things that you should do, that you don't. No, we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful that we don't fall into the trap of purifying ourselves like Pharisees and say, I don't do, 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 I don't do. But we don't have love. I don't do this, but that's not the sin I commit, but we don't have love for the brother. We don't do the things that are right. We don't invest in what we should. So the Bible says, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not to him it is sin. I remember quoting this verse one time to somebody, and I quoted it wrong. Uh, I know the Lord forgives you for that, and that's fine. And I'm sure we made the point, and it was effective because it's God's word. But you know how I quoted this one time? I didn't, I hadn't looked at the reference lightly, and I said it like this. I said, therefore, to them that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not to them it is sin. I did something that's forbidden. I messed up the pronouns. (laughs) Instead of him, I said them. And I'll tell you, there's a big problem with that. You see, doing the right thing is not a group effort. Doing the right thing is individual. What's it say? It says it twice here. This word's repeated. Him, therefore to him that knoweth to do good. And doeth it not to him, it is sin. Who's he talking about? You and me, individually. It's good to take personal responsibility to do good. Whose responsibility is it to get you to church? It's yours. Whose responsibility is it for you to read God's word? It's yours. Whose responsibility is it? To be working and investing and sharing the gospel with the lost. It's yours. You. Oh, we love to blame people. We love to make excuses that other folks have caused us from being able to do what's right. But the Bible says, therefore, to him, it's your responsibility. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him, it is sin. Do good. Do good. You see, it's good to take personal responsibility to do good. How many of you in your heart, you know that you make excuses as to why you don't do what you're supposed to do? Me too. May the Lord help us. I know for a fact that the Lord has put this verse of Scripture in my heart. He's put it in my heart, and sometimes I wish it weren't there because so many times I'm tempted to cut a corner, do things half, 
And God reminds me, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him to sin. I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. It's good. It's good to take personal responsibility to do good. Now, I want you to ask the Lord something. Lord, what is it you'd have me take away from this text, from this message, from this sermon? What is it in my life that I've been neglecting? And whatever it is that God brings to your attention, do good. Do good. You'll be glad you did. How many of you found out there's some lots of things in life that are good but are really hard? You ever notice that? They're really hard. How many of you ever been faced with something really hard, but then you finally started to do that thing that was really hard and you're really glad you did? It's how life is, right? I saw this the other day and I thought it was really good. Eating healthy is hard. But obesity is hard. Choose your heart. Having a godly Christian home is hard. But divorce and turmoil is also hard. Choose your heart. Choose your heart. And I've never said one time that doing good and doing right and obeying God is easy. But I'll tell you, if you'll choose the hard that is good in the eyes of God, huh, you'll be glad you did. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Do good. Let's pray.